Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, before we start the show, let's talk about our Amazon link for the holidays at BobSuska.com. Whether you're shopping for yourself or if you're buying music by one of our excellent indie bands, or if you're getting a jump on your holiday shopping without leaving your house, don't forget to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at BobSuska.com. Our special link will take you to the front page of Amazon.com where you can go shopping until you're dropping, and by doing so through our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thanks for shopping through our Amazon link, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, October 28, 2020, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. My guest today returns to the show in the nick of time. Dr. Rachel Bittekoffer, the election whisperer, is here today to talk about Election Day next week and whether we're still going to have a republic after it's over. Plus, we'll talk about how Trump plans to disrupt the vote counting and whether the massive voter turnout will overcome any attempts to sabotage the results. You can support Dr. Bittekoffer's work at thiscycle.news, and you can follow her on Twitter at Rachel Bittekoffer. Meanwhile, if you like what you hear today, don't forget to support this show by subscribing to our bonus content at patreon.com slash show. Okay, let's take a hard look at Election Day with the great Dr. Bittekoffer. Bob. Rachel Bittekoffer, how are you? I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but Okay. <laughs> my standby you know <laughs> how are you feeling i've been noticing your tweets come down and you've got what some sort of kidney infection yeah i'm not, I'm not dead yet so that's good news you know yeah Def- definitely not dead yet yeah i've not only got kidney infection i've got the special kind that comes with e coli <laughs> oh my god that's horrible so that's uh that's pretty damn painful right is that what is it, like a uti is that how it starts or what yeah, shoot. I don't know. I was just, I was just doing my thing one night, and then like all of a sudden, I felt infected, you know. And I thought, oh my god, I got the Rona, you know. Oh, and I actually, I, I thought I had, I thought I had the Trump Rona, like literally the Trump Rona, because it was right after their rally had come through. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, I had, I had uh, hung out with somebody who had been at the at the rally, 
And I was thinking, oh, you know, asymptomatic carrier to me. Because, yeah. of course, they're going to try to kill me, you know, the Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, hey, that's not too far from the truth, actually. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God. I'm gonna, I, no, but then um, and then I was like, no, this feels, this feels like a thing, you know. And sure enough, it was a kidney infection with E. coli. And then, you know, they gave me the, some weak-ass antibiotic the first time, apparently. And mm-hmm. I went back in there, and they're like, oh, no, you still have it. And they gave me a second antibiotic. And I was actually fine. And then all of a sudden, Saturday, I... Uh, right after my MSNBC hit, I I just dropped, man, and I couldn't get out of bed until yesterday. Oh my God, what a horrible time yeah. too to have to deal with this no because doubt. this is like your. I'll tell you what dragged me out of bed was was um, was Trump. I was laying there, and I don't think I would have gotten out of bed otherwise. I was laying there thinking about how that old fat fucker got out of bed <laughs> out of bed with COVID with pneumonia yeah. to go win this election, and I was like, "There's no way that that." Uh, that fucker is gonna best me, you know. <laughs> right, right. So I, so I pulled myself out of bed because I was like, dude, if that if he's seventy four with COVID pneumonia, and he can get out of that, I don't give a shit what drugs they were putting in him, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's still old and fat, you know. So well, I was that like, was the... all right. I got to get out of this bed, dude. That was the key, though. You got to get yourself some good old fashioned socialized medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's what motivated me. There's no way I was going to let Donald Trump lick me. You know, <laughs> be better at anything yeah. than me. You know, so <laughs> in in either yeah. sense of the word lick, right? You just oh, a, man. Oh, yeah. he's just oh, a vector God. for oh, yeah. disease. Just keep him yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And that was even before no COVID. Oh, like I don't want to be in the same no, room yeah. as this guy. There's like a there's a great bit yeah. from The Simpsons where Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and the doctor diagnoses him with literally every disease and some that were just discovered inside of him and it turned out all (laughs) the diseases were keeping each other in check so he was able to survive (laughs) so i'm assuming that's what happened to the president yeah that's probably it we'll we'll keep you going for a long time no yeah yeah no (laughs) doubt no doubt about that i don't know what was your interpretation yesterday i know the lincoln project put it out there as the president tempting the assassination of his political rival. What was your take mm-hmm. on what he said about Joe Biden, uh, quote unquote, getting shot and then Kamala Harris take, taking over after that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so, you know, beyond reckless. It would mm-hmm. be the that's the kindest thing you could possibly say. Yeah. about that, Right. I mean, give me, here, you know, here's the thing. I know that a great deal of Republicans who are going to cast ballots for that man or already have in the in the last week or two, or two weeks in yeah. early vote and absentee ballots they they don't they don't watch him do these rallies okay they don't read the Mueller report they don't watch these rallies so they don't want to know what they're really buying mm-hmm. they 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 try to evade that knowledge right mm-hmm. uh, but if you do watch these rallies and hear him in Michigan taunting and trying to you know again endanger governor whitmer yeah you know he he's uh, always uh, egging on these white militia people i mean knowing that the plan was the media always says oh the plan to kidnap governor whitmer to execute her yeah <laughs> right the plan was to kidnap her to execute her for having the temerity to pass a face man, uh, mask mandate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that's, I mean, we're talking about, you, if, if people think it's, you know, the Islamic terrorist shit is crazy mm-hmm. over there in, in, you know, some of these Middle Eastern countries, you don't think that sounds a little extreme to me? 
Yeah. I don't think his supporters are going to be at all concerned about Gretchen Whitmore or even Trump himself, because ultimately, I mean, he's leaving them for dead in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. No, and so if they're willing to forgive him for that. But yeah, no, there are, but the, you know, that's, that's true, right? Because like, you know, you go into the YouTube, um, you, you go of an economist poll, most recent. Yeah. And this has been true throughout the cycle. Like, you know, are you enthusiastic about voting for Trump and Biden, right? And Biden, you know, people aren't enthusiastic about the dude, right? Mm. It's gotten better since the primary ended, but you're never going to see, oh, man, God, I love Joe Biden, right? Which is, you know, it's because he's a nice guy, but he doesn't engender, like, charismatic Obama-level love, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, but Donald Trump, that number is 72%, Okay. And Whoa. so amongst Republicans. So when you look at Republicans, this idea that Republicans are disaffected, embarrassed, whatever, right? It's really, it's an unfortunate, inconvenient truth that it's not true. Right? Yeah, yeah. Republicans love Donald Trump. Like they love what this man is selling. Mm -hmm. And there is the Lincoln Project, like never Trump component, mm -hmm. you know, but for every one Olivia Troy you know, there are a million, <laughs> a million people that are, you know, lapping up the idea of, of jailing political rivals, of, yeah. you know, well, of crazy things. That's what he's doing. He's tempting an investigation into his own administration now because he's established this precedent. And then I really hope that the Democrats take full advantage of that opportunity. Do you, do you think there's going to be some sort of Trump crimes commission? Well, there should be, right? Yeah. And, and this idea, I mean, I was listening to some uh, reporter in-depth interview on NPR. I don't know who it was, you know, talking about, yeah, well, there's concerns, you know, about looking back and politicizing, you know. Da, da. No, it's about accountability, right? You have to have mm -hmm. accountability in the system. You can't have, you can't have an administration come in and just flagrantly, not not just not just violate the law, but I, I would say. You know, what is that word? I mean, it's per perverted, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, just really pervert everything about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then not have there be accountability, right? Mm -hmm. So even though it will be, it would be difficult and painful, I think, for Biden to do that, uh, I think they're going to have to take a serious look. Now, in terms of the politics for it, I mean, I think they're strategically, if I was, uh, you know, able to advise the administration, you know, there's a strategic way to get this done. What you do is you wait and let, you know, let McConnell set the tone because it's going to be clear to me that McConnell's not going to be buying Biden's, hey, let's all be friends, you know, opening, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, hey, let's. So you let McConnell play, show his cards first, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You let McConnell set, you know, this is the same thing for court reform, right? Yeah. Uh, people, you don't go out the gate saying, "Okay, here's our agenda. We're going to do court reform." You, you know, unless the Supreme Court does what I'm expecting they may well do if we end up with close enough election results where where it comes down to it, I'm thinking we're going to probably see the new conservative majority minus Roberts, so five four, uh, trying to overturn years of precedent established on absentee ballot counting. Uh, those precedents are established, by the way, to um, help ensure military ballots got counted, okay? Mm -hmm. 
uh, and and they and they were litigated on behalf largely of Republicans, right? Trying to count military ballots that favored them. And so there's a long, a long and rich jurisprudence about counting ballots and, and being very um, judicious about, you know, how long, whatever, however long it takes to count ballots, we're going to count all of them. That's the, that's right now like the legal like paradigm that we live under. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see this new conservative majority completely abandon that. Yeah. In their effort to help Donald Trump maintain this presidency, right? And that's there's so, a pretty good you know, shot of that, right? I mean, we should pretty much be ready for that you know, eventuality. Should that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you should not only and the reason why that's important is Bob, you can structure your strategy around that now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that's why I've been for weeks. Don't you know? Don't tell people to vote by mail anymore. Tell people to vote by their mail ballots. Take them to the actual place. Turn them in term in ballot boxes, but don't do vote by mail, you know, right. don't, you know, you want to per, 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 point people away from this. Why you can see the trap they've omitted and laid out this trap in public. Why would you send people into a trap? Yeah. Like it's, it's ludicrous to do that. Right? Yeah, it really is. So yeah, no. So if you know, so right now, here's what we know. The, um, you're going to win all of these lawsuits at the lower court level because the law is clear. But they're going to make new law in the in the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to do. So I would be, wow. I would just try to push as much voting out. Like you want, you just want as much voting to be in in election offices on election day. Right, right. Well, before we jump to that eventuality, there's something that needs to happen before that, and that is the election itself or election day. We'll put it that way. So let's talk about your most recent forecast. I mean, where are you landing at this point in terms of, I mean, fuckery aside, how, how is this going to turn out? Uh, should we feel nervous? Should we feel confident? Well, where are you landing right now, Rachel? Well, let me just put it this way, okay? As of today, Texas has already hit its entire turnout of 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you should be feeling pretty good about that, right? I mean, so, you know, honestly, it's going to come down to can we get these ballots counted? And they know that. That's why they're moving their machinery so heavily towards this, you know, vote ballot suppression effort. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help you, though, if you have these ballots in, mm-hmm. you know, you get these votes, but they don't get counted. Right. Mm-hmm. So like all of these forecast models, the economist, the 538 model, my work, it is designed to measure voter sentiment based on the fundamentals. Right. All these polls. So we're telling you this is what, you know, voters prefer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is what these vote these mm-hmm. votes are going to get cast for. Votes cast versus votes ca- counted. Right? What's that di- differential going to be? We've never had this problem before. There's, I mean, there's always been some, you know, differential to an to an extent. There's always ballots that get disqualified. Close elections always involve the process of representatives of each party uh, coming into a like kind of like a recount room. So you saw it in a grand scale for Bush v. Gore, right? Oh yeah. Um, but you know. <laughs> But this happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a close election, there's a recount challenge. Uh, they sit, they go through ballots that were rejected, and they fight over which ones are going to get counted, and it gets resolved that way. 
So, you know, it's not that ballots are, are you know, not commonly fought over and, and, and rejected and disqualified. This is always a, a feature of the system. But we've never seen a, um, a party try to strategically set a plan in place in which the goal is to um, challenge millions of ballots potentially and say no because they are not counted by this certain time. They have all been disqualified. And the reason that they're confident to do it that way is that because of Donald Trump's rhetoric, polling data, and, and now early vote behavior from actual voter behavior data that we can see mm. is suggestive that that mail, that mail ballot um, data or uh, balloting is going to be disproportionately Democratic. Yeah. Right? So they know if they can disqualify ballots that come in by the mail— that they're getting rid of Democrat votes. I'd like to think at least that, uh, at least listening to Tom Perez, that they're ready for it. But ultimately, I mean, you can have, you can throw 10,000 lawyers at this, right? But ultimately, it's going to land into the partisanship, into that partisan soup in the Supreme Court. So, you know, no matter what Tom Perez puts together as far as a counter argument, it's really up to the ideological makeup of the court, isn't it? Right. What I'm saying is, if Tom Perez's plan is, well, we're going to, the plan has always been to rely on the court as a safety net. That Mm. that net is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. And if they're fooling themselves and thinking, well, maybe, 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 because it would be so flagrantly, you know, terrible for the court's reputation, da, 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 da. It's not going to happen, dude. It's not going to happen. They are, they are not going to do anything that will endanger their ability. Literally, they, they've just for 30 years been working to put themselves in this position where they have this 6-3 majority. Mm-hmm. They, see, they see the loss of the White House, loss of the Senate here as an existential threat. Yep. Right? You've, ba- you've basically taken this toy out of the box and you've not even gotten to play with it yet. You think that they're going to let the Democrats win the election if they have the power to stop it? I mean, every red line that has been laid out for three years, four years, has been blown through. And they didn't even look, they didn't even look um, you know, uh, sad yeah. why they blew through them, right? Mm-hmm. So please, Democrats, if you're listening to me, do not delude yourselves into thinking that they're going to have any hesitation of looking at this, they're going to say, nope, that, you know, these cases were decided wrongly. This is the new paradigm that we're living under now. And these votes can't count. And if that's 100,000 votes in Wisconsin, well, that's just too damn bad. Are there states, I mean, you mentioned Wisconsin. I mean, is that a state where this kind of gambit by the Trump team could end up playing out? I mean, are, are, have you pinpointed yeah, any yeah. place All specific? The, yeah, yeah. The most vulnerable states are the states um, that um, expanded mail voting to Mm -hmm. deal with the pandemic, all in good faith, all for good reasons, you know, but they're vulnerable because, you know, they didn't have laws and infrastructure in place to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And thus now are, you know, they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, what's the status in terms of Pennsylvania? I was just going to ask you. Yeah. I was just going to ask you about Pennsylvania because that's going to be a pretty big one on election night. Uh, if they can yep. 
If they can make a call in Pennsylvania, it seems like it's pretty much over. But if they can't, it seems like that might be where Donald Trump challenges the most. Because ultimately, what we're looking at with the map, and I don't need to tell you this, but I'm mentioning for the sake of our audience, is that all Joe Biden needs to win this thing are the Hillary states plus Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And if on election night, it looks like Pennsylvania's going Biden, and it looks like Michigan's going Biden— we will have a pretty good sense of who is going to win. I mean, obviously, we're going to be looking at places like Georgia, North Carolina, and Texas, but those aren't going to be as necessary, are they? No, absolutely. You're right. Yeah, it's the blue wall. Yeah. They have flip those, and the rest is gravy. Right. Yeah. Right. So what structurally have you seen in those big three states, that blue wall, the Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan? What have you seen there that could contribute to justifying a Donald Trump lawsuit to get uh, votes thrown out or get the vote counting stopped. Yeah, I'm not well positioned to, to, to answer, honestly, like the like the details of the vote by mail yeah. like system. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. All I know is that, you know, anything. So like they had to sue. They sued. The Republicans sued to say, okay, you can't, you have to count, like, we're only going to count ballots through election day, Mm -hmm. right? And the Democrats sued and said, no, 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 you have to give more time, right? And they won that lawsuit, so on and so forth, right? And then the SCOTUS came and wiped that out, right? So, you know, know, that's that's why, so like, you could potentially have like 100,000 votes come in that were all postmarked before election day or on election day mm-hmm. that would in a functioning democracy get counted and under, you know, previous Supreme courts would have been litigated and counted right under the old Supreme court that we had just, you know, two years ago, Yeah, but under, under this Supreme court, the court is going to find a way to say, no, sorry. Uh, uh-uh. uh, Let's talk about the map at this point then, because I noticed that uh, in addition to NBC and a couple of others, you've got Texas in the toss up category, right? I did that month, you know, a long, long time ago. Okay, (laughs) gotcha. Are there any new toss ups on your map? Is there anything that's fresh as far as the toss up list goes? No, because I don't have to do my stuff the week before the election, you know? I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) It's still looking good for Texas at this point, right? I mean, you're still looking at negative partisanship driving this huge turnout and uh, and maybe, you know, delivering some electoral votes to uh, Joe Biden. Is that you're still confident in that? that, That's the less likely story. I mean, so toss up means it's competitive. It could go either way. Right. That's what that category means doesn't mean that Joe Biden's going to win it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, but it does mean it's competitive. But for me, my story about Texas begins in 2019, right? That's why I was the very first analyst in the entire country, you know, bar none, who said, hey, in the 2020 cycle, Texas is going to be a center of, of uh, attention, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason is it's got, you know, nine, nine house races that are centered in these realigning suburban areas that have not been um, really uh, competed in because Democrats in 2018, they are not good at electioneering, um, you know, writ large in many different areas. But one of the ways, too, is that they've been slow to come into acceptance of how and where they're winning elections, right? So they don't get my theory all that well. And so in, in 2018, they didn't really see 
how much opportunity they had in Texas. So they didn't do candidate recruitment and all the things that they would have needed to do to be well set in Texas. They did compete for a couple of districts, but they didn't compete in necessarily even in the right districts in 2018. So in 2019, I put out an article that said the top 20, uh, 18 dis, um, districts that Democrats could pick up in 2020, nine of them are in Texas, six of them are really feasible pickups, and Democrats should pick up four, right? They should be, I mean, under an, a turnout model in which you've had the entire 2016 election already vote, it is not infeasible that they could pick up four of these districts, okay? Yeah. And behind that, you also have the state house, which is nine seats away from flipping. They picked up 12 seats in the 2018 cycle. Mm-hmm. Again, they not understanding really how much realignment this, these suburban areas are realigning, not just because some moderate R's are changing their mind. That's, that's the smallest part of the equation. You have independents that are changing their minds, bigger part of the equation. Biggest part of the equation is you have people moving into Texas. Uh, uh, you have millennials and Zoomers, but especially millennials who are 40, 30 years old. They're living in the suburbs. They were lazy about participation prior to Trump, and now they're super energized. And these people um, you know, are extremely diverse, right? You have that Latino diversity in Texas. Democrats have completely dropped the ball on in, you know, investing like the Democratic National Committee has. But there's a ton of grassroots groups that have really been investing heavily in Latino outreach in Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's, it's a big bomb getting ready to go off, you know. And so where we look at Texas success, isn't necessarily the big flip, though it could happen. Right. It's going to be, does that state house flip, and do, do they pick up three or four of these houses? Well, the other thing I'm looking at with Texas, uh, Dr. Bittacoffer, is the fact that it's a toss-up seems like pretty good news for other states. Does that make sense? Like, we're, we're in a place now where Texas is a toss-up, yes. so that means more easily gettable states for the Democrats are that much more easily gettable. Does that does that make sense yes. to you? Okay. Is yeah, that's an argument that I make all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're forced to play defense in Texas, and then what the very best case scenario is, you'll be able to hold on to Texas by a point, a couple points, mm-hmm. maybe three points, four points. You're in trouble, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll get back to our conversation with Dr. Bittekoffer here in just a second, but there's never been a more important time to have a supply of reliable respirator face masks. From increasing group events to school reopenings to the election, wearing a face mask is the first line of defense against getting sick. The director of the CDC testified under oath before Congress that wearing a face mask was more important than getting a vaccine when it comes to reducing the spread of COVID in our country. Only respirator face masks provide medical grade protection and only FDA authorized respirator masks provide the quality required. The New Deal Shop.com has FDA authorized respirator masks ready to ship right now and every pouch comes with verifiable anti-fraud labeling so you know they work. Trust the mask medical professionals Professionals are using go to thenewdealshop.com and get FDA authorized US tested respirator face masks now with free immediate shipping for my listeners. Bulk pricing is available too, so you can get the masks you need affordably and quickly. Go to thenewdealshop.com now and get FDA authorized respirator masks. Keep yourself and your family safer and healthier this fall. That's thenewdealshop.com. 
And now that we've said goodbye to summer, it's time for things to get back into our everyday autumn groove. The kids are back in school, mostly, and the leaves are changing color, falling to their deaths. And with so much changing around us, it's increasingly difficult to find extra time for you, the time you need to take care of yourself and look your best. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. We're talking about plastic surgery in a can right here. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes, visibly reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and under eye bags in just a matter of minutes. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The result's going to last for hours, so you can take the family apple picking or whatever you choose to do, and you can look your best the whole damn time. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com slash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buyplx.com slash sexyliberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexyliberal at checkout. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. And I noticed something today, and I wanted to ask you about this, too. Um, Andrew Sullivan tried to use the turnout numbers as a way to disprove the existence of, of voter suppression. But that's not exactly how it works, does it? No, that's not how it works. Okay. <laughs> Good. Because, <laughs> well, what he's missing is that voter suppression is uh, is more localized. And so you see it in pockets of the country. No. But it doesn't necessarily play out when it comes to overall turnout numbers, right? Yeah, I bet you Andrew Sullivan has never waited in a 10-hour line to vote either, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, the, that's the, the weird sort of needle that they're trying to thread. Oh, see, look, look at all those long, long lines. That means that people are actually voting. How could they possibly be suppressed from voting? Well, it's the lines, <laughs> you idiot. My God. No doubt, dude. Yeah. I, yeah. I like when they when they call them a triumph of democracy. That's my favorite. <laughs> Well, see, I mean, that, this is just so indicative of the broader climate that we live in right now, where up is down, down right. is up, black is white. I mean, as everything is reversed, no, where Donald yeah. Trump's declaring today that the White House has defeated the pandemic. I mean, it's astonishing to see how uh, screwy everything has become. And I bet every single one of those people stranded out at that uh, airport tarmac in the middle of nowhere last night, I bet they're all still going to vote for their guy. I mean, that's not going to change their minds. No doubt, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm still nervous about late stage fuckery from Russia or wherever. I mean, are, are we too late for that? I mean, because I keep waiting for another shoe to drop. But are the turnout numbers kind of preempting it? Is that uh, something that you're looking at? You know, I'm honestly much more concerned with sabotage coming from our own Republican Party yeah, there you go. than I am from foreign entities. And that's a sad, sad testimony to how far the Republican Party has strayed from the norms and values of American democracy. Yeah, yeah. So you're now, um, I think since the last time we spoke, or maybe it was the last time I had you on, right around that time, you had joined up with the Lincoln Project. And one of the things that I've been talking about quite a bit is the scope and potential of this enormous new voting coalition uh, between, you know, all the way from the never Trumpers on, you know, the center right, all the way down to Elizabeth Warren on the left of this gigantic coalition. 
Based on, you know, what happens inside the, uh, I'm not asking for any state secrets or anything like that, but based on what you've heard inside the Lincoln Project, is this a coalition that the Lincoln Project intends to uh, continue to be a part of, or is there going to be some eventual split where um, they may try to, I don't know what. I know there was the news yesterday about forming a media company, but that doesn't necessarily um, address the, the broader participation in this enormous voting block. I feel like if this voting block moves forward, it will dominate American politics for the foreseeable future, which is one of the reasons why I've been so pro-never-Trumper, if that makes any sense, <laughs> pro-Lincoln Project all this time, uh, despite some of my Democratic friends who uh, think I'm nuts. But, you know, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing such great potential in all of this. Um, so can we expect uh, further participation from those guys or what? So you're saying a coalition of never Trump and like, you know, not Bernie Sanders Democrats? Yeah, exactly. It's basically the existing Democratic Party plus the never Trump coalition. Um, it just seems like it's uh, unstoppable if it can maintain some form of well, cohesion. Well, I mean, it's stoppable if you don't count the votes, though. Right? No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, but I mean, yeah. minus I mean, I minus fuckery. What are we but, what know. are we looking at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It would it would be it would be a force to be reckoned with if 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 and you know my personal role in that. Yeah, Lincoln's going to play a huge role in that. I love their idea of a media company, uh, you know, to deal with like, you know, probably I would assume center right messaging that's not you know batshit nuts, you know, moderate messaging, center right messaging. I have no idea. I haven't spoken with them at all about it, and I didn't I didn't see the press release so i could be completely off on that but anyway um you know my own personal mission if we survive this this uh shit show is to to fix the democratic party's organization mm -hmm. you know so that it's not incompetent at the c-suite level because i know that the um talent the down talent is probably fantastic um but you know it's i mean the fact that okay you know here's here's a good way to know it's incompetent in 2016, one of the reasons that Hillary Clinton lost is underperformance of Latino voters, both in terms of turnout and persuasion. So you would think that, you know, post um, the uh, reality of Donald Trump getting elected was for the, from the moment that it was clear he was going to win, I knew this country is going to be in a democratic crisis. Yeah. That man is, is an authoritarian, right? He is going, and the party that he's ascended to is in the middle of a civil war. And has has become so ideologically extreme in the last like five or six years that this is a dangerous mix, and we're going to be yeah. in real trouble to mm -hmm. survive this administration, right? Not and not about policy, not about you know environment or any issue. It was about that democratic norms, right? Yeah. And so you would have thought in, within that party they'd have been like, okay, we must absolutely must bring to bear everything we possibly can strategically for this 2016 cycle. And it doesn't matter who your nominee is. The problems remain the same. You've got to motivate and persuade Latino voters. Yes. Oh and yeah. The fact that they put no, no investment. They never bothered to do that long-term investment in, in Latino outreach in Florida, in Texas. I mean, it's just, to me, it's like, it's such blatant. I was uh, just on a, on a, on a, in a class, like a guest lecture, and I said, you know, it's basically the equivalent of what how Trump has managed this pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's that gross. It's so grossly neg negligent 
it is equivalent to that in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. And you know, because we are in a situation where you know we are in an 1860 moment in this country. Oh yeah, where our, our uh, country, like in that in that in that election, you know, along with Lincoln and his rival, there was you know, should we um, break into two countries or stay in one on the ballot, right? And in this case, our, on this ballot, we have authoritarianism or democracy, right? This, so we are in a situation. This is, a, this is a, you know, 200 years basically later, you know, we are in this moment of, of extreme historical significance. And, you know, we cannot afford anything but excellent leadership, right? This, this, um, the Democratic Party's leadership must be, must be strategically equal to the Republican Party's. Mm-hmm. And there's no, no more time for excuses over there, right? Yeah. So, like, my mission is, like, you know, here are the five, you know, I, I have a very clear vision of the things that need to happen, and we're going to get that shit done. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me the alternative is too terrifying to comprehend, which contributes to the notion. Yes, our children, yeah, we cannot do it. It has to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this coalition has to be maintained. Uh, This voting block that's lining up to support Joe Biden in opposition, negative partisanship toward uh, Donald Trump, this has to endure because, I mean, the chances of there being another person with the last name Trump on the 2024 ballot is quite oh, reasonable good. to forecast, yeah. I think. I mean, whether it's no, Trump himself running no again or, or Ivanka. So, you know, it's no either doubt. it's no either doubt. this coalition yeah. or this deformed weirdo uh, faction on the right that used to be oh, the Republican gosh, yeah. Party. So, <laughs> Oh, you're absolutely right. So, yeah. the, you know, so like we cannot afford, I mean, literally the, the effort, the work on that will begin immediately if we are able to avoid what could potentially be the end of democracy here in a week, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. not trying to be um, rhetorically fancy or whatever, um, you know, rhetorically outlandish. I, you yeah. know, fervently believe that we are, that the Republican party is at a point where they would stand by and let, let millions of votes be disenfranchised in order to backwards engineer an electoral outcome to their favor. I do think that they would do it. So um, given that, I want, if we survive this, I want very much to make sure that we come out of it and quickly begin to build up infrastructure that, you know, prevents us being in this situation ever again. So do you have the energy for another four years if he pulls some stunt and gets reelected? Oh, there's not. There's I mean, I cannot be more clear. So anybody listening to this, to this, to my voice, understand this. There will not be a democracy in America if he gets if they work it out where he is the president. Mm-hmm. He is going to fire the FBI director, the CIA director, all of those guys. And he intends, he intends to do that so that he can go and jail his political opponents. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And that that doesn't necessarily exclude people like you and me, Rachel, just to be perfectly clear about that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, I've learned a lot about how democracies fall apart 
And we are in that kind of realm here, you know, so we cannot. And you have to understand, too, on their side, they believe because of the misinformation, disinformation, propaganda environment that they're fed, they believe they're the they're on their cause is righteous. Right. Like you go and talk to them. They 100 percent believe they're the ones that are fighting to preserve institutional legitimacy. Amazing. We're the ones that have corrupted the Constitution, okay? So, like, when you know, you think about how Islamic terrorists have perverted the Quran to, to um, justify what mm-hmm. they're doing, that is what has happened on the right in terms of the Constitution. I mean, the very same people who were so, you know, uh, turned off by Donald Trump, they were skeptical about his stuff with Russia even during 2016, are now convinced that Obama and um, Comey had some kind of coup to you know, take Trump down in 2016, even though Comey puts out a letter against uh, – or um, you know, Comey does this thing against, that hurts Hillary Clinton right before the election, not against Trump. So like somehow that makes no fucking sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they're convinced, and it's not just the Jim Jordans. It's all the way through the whole party. So you have to understand, like th- this whole party has been radicalized, and um, you know, they, they believe – they believe – that on that that the entire that, that Bill Barr, like this this what he's done to the Justice Department to their in their mind has been to restore it to legitimacy. <laughs> My God, the power of propaganda, okay. the power of people susceptible to propaganda is just staggering to observe. And that's really the centerpiece of all of this, isn't it? That uh, it is. last time around, sixty-two million voting Americans fell prey to uh, uh, propaganda, to disinformation of uh, uh, the likes of which, uh, Trump always says this, but the likes of which we have never seen before. (laughs) No, yeah, I mean, you think about the era era of McCarthyism, Mm -hmm. this is very similar, but but much more dangerous. Oh, yeah. Much more dangerous. And, And you can see it, if you watch any hearing, like any hearing in the House, the Senate, Listen to the testimonies, um, you know, whenever the Republicans do their talk, it is they literally live in alternative realities. And you and you can tell which one is right. Right. I mean, that's the nice thing about reality. Thank God there is a safety valve. Right. Mm -hmm. You can go to foreign countries (laughs) and be like, where is reality? Right. And reality, you know, you can I, I do a lot of media in the UK and Canada and other places. Right. So I know that, you know, they're the ones that are in the alternative reality. Right. But it is, it is really disorienting and they, and they are 100% convinced that their cause is righteous. Mm -hmm. And when somebody's convinced that they're on a righteous crusade, they will do anything to carry it out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they've already shown uh, an aptitude to do exactly that. And we've just exactly. witnessed it in real time with uh, the Amy Coney Barrett situation. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and there was no reticence at all. None. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and you was, know what else? Mitch McConnell understands that, like, okay, for a week or two, there were some Republicans in like the public opinion, some Republicans who were like, hey, wait a minute, didn't we say – that there were no confirmations in the year. So it took two weeks for them to a opinion elite signal down, 
mm-hmm. excuse me, downward to the voters that, that it was okay to renege on this promise. It took two weeks, but it did. But they did get in line. And, and, and within two weeks, those right-leaning independents and, and Republicans that were hesitant about the confirmation, they fell in line. You better and believe they did, dude. Because like McConnell and those guys, they understand. They understand that they've got electorate half tuned out completely, and their chunk of that of that they basically mentally control. <laughs> you know, I've never. So, I'm that happy note, though, Bob. I got to jump off. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Let me b- before you run. Uh, all things being equal, no fuckery from Trump or Russia or anyone else. How does everything turn out on Tuesday, not only on the presidential side, but also on the Senate side? Where are you landing on this? So, again, it's going to come down to votes getting counted, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is real potential that, you know, that, that they won't be able to pull off their fuckery mm-hmm. because the, it will just be too obvious that Biden has won. OK, right? gotcha. And the reason is our real ace in our sleeve is that early voting vote by mail was created by the Republican Party, and it was created in Florida, right? And it was, it was um, you know, actually been used for the last decade, especially, you know, really longer, for Republicans to offset a party registration disadvantage in Florida mm-hmm. and still win statewide offices. And as you know, they have controlled statewide offices very successfully in Florida yeah. for a long time, right? And the reason is they invented this system where they would really encourage their voters to vote by mail because it increases turnout because you can um, you have many points at which you can get someone to turn out. You mm-hmm. you send them an absentee ballot um, request form and you say, hey, did you know you can vote by mail? Then if they do that, you can hound them about turning it in. So you have uh, instead of like a hit and miss on Election Day turnout, you have these po- these points where you have a, a, a hundred people. And they all have absentee ballots, and then if they turn them in, you're spending resources, you know, only on the people who remain too. So it's a good, good system, right? Yep. And, and like I said, the GOP is much better at electioneering. The reason why Republicans are now coming after vote by mail is that a few years ago, Democrats finally figured out this is why they were getting their asses kicked, and so they decided, hey, we're going to do vote by mail too, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And so now they don't have a corner on the market, and and because there's more Democrats than there are Republicans, virtually everywhere, you know, as soon as Democrats start doing it, it's no good for Republicans, and so. Um, anyway, but the nice thing about Florida is because the Republicans control, control the state legislature and they were using the system, they codified the entire system into the state law. So it's like they, they have it so they have to start counting the ballots early. So they've already started counting their absentees and they have to report it in a timely fashion. Like there's strict rules of when, oh, yeah, they have to report those um, absentee ballots like uh, on election night at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And so the Florida results are going to come in at su- you know so quickly on election night that it's kind it's kind of kind of throw down a marker for us. Yeah. That will, you know, help us. And then um, in terms of Texas too because Texas it did not do vote by mail because Greg Abbott of course is a Republican and he's not going to do vote by mail. Right. But and that was actually sad at the time, but now it's actually turned out to be a huge benefit. Because now that means that that those that state's votes aren't risky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now they've made it hard to turn in 
ballots that are, um, you know, that people who do have absentee ballots, because, mm-hmm. you know, expanded vote by mail and absentee are two different things. Um, anyway, um, he's made it hard to turn in absentee ballots, but they didn't just go, hey, let's have a big, you know, pandemic vote by mail system. And so Texas is also going to have uh, election night returns, and um, Virginia should have a pretty decent um, night because they had just expanded their uh, system uh, uh, for vote by mail before the pandemic, like expanded it anyway and budgeted money for it. So it should work pretty decently. Mm. So in other words, we should have a good idea. I mean, I think we should have a good idea of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's just about not letting them like manipulate the narrative the way they want to, which is what they want to do. They want to basically try to say, oh, here's the election night data. It's pro-Trump. Trump won. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And then in terms of the Senate map, my forecast has always been bullish that we would, the Democrats would flip the Senate, that they would pick up um, Arizona, Maine, and Colorado. Perfect. And then that fourth seat would most likely come from North Carolina, but there's other pathways there. You know, Iowa um, probably be the most likely after, but, uh, you know, all of these other seats are hard seats to get, Mm -hmm. but... There, there's just so many different ways to that four seat that it's hard to imagine Republicans could hold them all off. Well, good. I, I've got my fingers crossed. I'm on the edge of my seat. My God, I can't wait till uh, Tuesday rolls around so we can end all of this. Uh, and hopefully it ends on Tuesday. So the website is called thecycle.news. Uh, the Twitter account is at Rachel Bittacoffer. Thank you again, Dr. Bittacoffer, and Godspeed to the American Republic. Get well soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. And again, don't don't send those ballots to the USPS. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> Thank you again, and we'll talk to you real soon. All righty, bye-bye. Bye-bye. With so many changes going on in the world nowadays, it feels like every day there's something new. But there's one thing that you can count on. It's that looking good often makes you feel really good, too. And we could all use just a little bit more of that. If you have under-eye bags, dark circles, or crow's feet, imagine that those things are gone, vanished, without making an appointment with a plastic surgeon or leaving the house. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly reduces the signs of aging in just 10 minutes and lasts up to 10 hours. Add some confidence in your life, knowing you look Look your best, even if you're having a makeup-free day. Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody's going to know that you're using it unless you tell them. And that's why guys like it, too. And Plexiderm works great with oil-free makeup. Today, you can try a six-day application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit www.buyplx.com voices or call 800-685-1292 and give the code Voices. Order today. Shipping is free and it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit buyplx.com slash voices or call 800-685-1292 and say the code voices at checkout. Thank you. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply.